0: This podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Last year, you all know that I took the reins back on my health, and Athletic Greens has been a keystone to making that happen. I've been using Athletic Greens over the last year in my smoothie every morning, One tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. All of that combined is designed to fill any nutritional gaps in your diet. Not only has this increased my energy levels, but it's also helped my immune system overall. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free and contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during this crazy time. They're offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. Basically, you'll never have to buy vitamin D ever again. Simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash loved and join health experts, athletes, and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash loved. And get your free year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs today. And now back to our show. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Radically Loved Radio. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It is another week of just pure joy and unexpected obstacles. <laughs> hey, Tess, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm doing really well. Thank you. <laughs> unexpected obstacles. I love that. It's like obstacles, challenges. Opportunities, yes. all the things. Well, the one yes. thing
0: that I do want to discuss is it is uh, our summit week. Like the summit has been happening all week, and I'm so excited that we did this. That this was something that we created. And thank you again for being a part of it. For being a speaker. How've uh, you been
1: doing it? Oh my gosh i I feel the hardest part was just taking the step of hiring a writing coach, which was part of my goal for this. And just doing that, I feel so accomplished. And so thank you for hosting it and for having this brainchild and putting it out there into the universe. Well, you know, it took an entire team as you know,
0: <laughs> this is the one, you know, honestly, cause I'm talking about obstacles. This is the one thing that I do feel like needs to be talked about more, especially with, you know, during this time, entrepreneurs, people that work for themselves because people online just see this finished, polished facade. I mean, even right now with this podcast, we're at the Mod Pod Studio, we're at the virtual studio right now. But there's a lot of people working on this right now. But what people see is just the final product, same thing with the summit and an event. And obviously, you know, coordinating the podcast, like, you know, how much work goes into the back end. And I feel like It's important for us to talk about the obstacles that we go through because it just creates a more real uh, projection for people that want to do this maybe or people that have a vision that want to create an event like the summit or that want to become teachers or they want to become an author it is so important to know the highs and the lows that come with doing these types of things because if you don't know and all you see is the, the funds, the end result, like the end result of a book or the end result of a summit or the end result of a beautifully produced podcast, then it makes people feel inadequate. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's so much back and forth behind the scenes, changing things, at the last minute that, that goes into it. So it's really a labor of love and every day it's a choice to wake up and, you know, okay, well, whatever challenge comes my way is is an opportunity to decide again and recommit to this thing that I want to create and remember why I want to create it. So yeah, I think that's, it's really important to, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever, if it's a passion project, if it's a side thing, or if this is your full blown career, there's always going to be those ups and downs and the challenges of creating the thing that you want to create. But yeah, I mean, it it's important to talk about it. I, I totally agree. But um, yeah, so I mean, it, it.
0: it yeah, and I think there obviously there is a balance to it. You can set up camp in that struggle of this isn't working, or something goes wrong, or something doesn't go according to plan, or you can just continue to move through it and just say, okay, this is part of my experience. I'm learning something and we get to
1: just move on. When I was working in the corporate world, I got to this place in my career where I felt confident enough that I would wake up and I knew that whatever challenge or setback or like annoying little thing that happened that day, I would be able to figure it out. So I think that's the place that, I, that we're at here now that like, we know challenges are going to come up and yeah, sometimes it's annoying. And sometimes you have to do a bunch of extra work in the background, but I just always know that I'm going to get through it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I, that's a really optimistic way of looking at it. And I think when you, I feel like that is a great way to be when you know that, it's not going to be easy, right? When you have the knowledge that, oh, these things take work and it's going to be different. And I'm going to encounter obstacles. It almost prepares you for just being open to receive
1: whatever's there. You know what I mean? Totally. And that's not to say that I don't have my moments where I'm like, this is, (laughs) you know, like maybe I complained to Jorge and he's like, okay, babe, just let's talk it out. And so it's good to have a sounding board that you can kind of like vent to and um, help, help like hear yourself talk something through it just instead of holding all that stuff inside. Right,
0: yeah, I think that's super important. Um, I'm thinking about the anxiety inducing when you think you delete an entire season oh, of a show. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody what happened? That was, that was a fun,
1: <laughs> exciting thing. So <laughs> there's a software out there that's supposed to be a cloud-based service, <laughs> but apparently if you download the things on your computer and then upload it to the cloud-based service and then delete it from your computer, it also deletes it from that cloud-based service. So, Which is so strange. It, like, yeah. what the hell? like how is that even a cloud-based service at that point? I don't understand. Please She's explain bad. that to me. <laughs> She was not so, happy. Yeah. All of her assets for an entire season gone. I mean, okay. And then you can, the, here's an example of a really good challenge or obstacle you come up against and you're like, what the actual fuck and freak out. And then I realize, oh my God, I have to tell Rosie this. <laughs> and she's going to fire me. <laughs> um, and it's not my fault. I swear to God, I didn't do it, but I still have to figure it out. Right. And, and guess what? We figured it out. There's a solution. We have all of our assets, all of our assets are back,
0: you know, and it's so (laughs) fun for not fun for me. So what I responded to Tessa because yeah, it is, it does freak you out and it's a little bit anxiety inducing, but what I told Tessa, I'm like, honestly, I'm kind of glad you did it because it's better that you did it. Had I done it, I would have been really mad. Right. But it's like one of those things. And you did. And fact of the matter is she actually is not the one that did it. Uh, somebody else did it. Um, but that's, a that'll be a separate topic. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, we love you. But it, it was one of those experiences where I, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I attribute this to my practice. Anytime there's a moment where I feel like, oh my God, this is really bad. What are we going to do? I always go straight to, it's okay. Like, what are you going to, what's the worst case scenario here? Okay. Worst case scenarios that we've deleted a month's worth of interviews that haven't seen the light of day. And, you know, either we can redo them. Um, one of them, there's no way for us to redo um, the others. It's like, we just, you know, we, we have to just deal with it. And Uh, there's actually something really freeing that happens in that moment where we encounter a really big obstacle because we always create this huge Goliath of an issue in our mind. And it creates this visceral reaction in our body. We stop breathing. It's anxiety. I mean, I felt your anxiety when you were texting me and I was like, okay, like my job at that point was to just calm you down. I'm like, it's going to be okay. Like, this is fine. This is not a big deal. Like truly in worst case scenario, it's gone. Okay. What are we going to do? Can't do anything. Like what's the point of us being upset about it? Um, you know, and we just, we move on with it, but I think utilizing that in more ways, it's easy for me to utilize that framework when it comes to work things for some reason, but if it were to come to, um, relationship things, it becomes a little harder right? To, um, to do that. But you know, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about the book that I've just finished reading and our guest today, which mm-hmm. I feel like correlates with everything that we're talking about. Um, and I, I'm really excited for you to, for you to meet our, our guest today, because she is somebody that I, I've known her for a long, long time in my past life job we met. Um, and she, she really talks about being able to use this sort of positive mindset to, to create a different approach to continue to energize your life. And I feel like all of these different tools that we have in moments of facing obstacles or having to face something really challenging, they're super helpful. Um, so Megan Murphy is our guest today. She is uh, the author of her late the latest book is uh, Your Fully Charged Life: A Radically Simple Approach to Having Endless Energy and Filling Every Day with Yay, which I love. I love the filling every day with Yay. And you saw our email exchanges. It's like everything. I mean, Yay to the Yay. Yay to the Yay. <laughs> so cute. She has such an incredible team. Um, And for those of you that are not familiar, Megan, she's a longtime magazine editor. She's one of those high energy people, and she's here to share her secrets for finding more yay in every day. So the book is about helping readers see that sometimes uh, when you find more meaning and purpose in life, uh, it's about taking advantage and loading up on all the good stuff like uh, the things that empower us, like life's challenges and how we deal with struggles, and she really asks us to look on the bright side of things, uh, but on all sides of things. So not just not just the things that suit us. I mean, she really frames each situation that we can encounter in our life in a way to be more positive and to yeah, be more optimistic. And and at the bottom, the the bottom line, the end of the day and this is something in in Buddhist teachings, we have a choice. We really have a choice to either choose to react to life or choose to act more wisely. Mm -hmm. And those things are always going to be a practice. And we all, all already know this, especially with all our speakers this week at the summit. I mean, there's so much similar undercurrent of we practice because we forget that's why we have these conversations that's why we we create a ecosystem in our life that is going to create more sustainable uh, wisdom that's going to create our ability to really transform in a way that's that's going to be more consistent because we are going to have highs we're going to have lows, we're going to have the occasional meltdown over thinking that we've lost an entire season or you know we're just just random things that come up and you know we always can come back to our breath and our life and just being grateful for where we are and mm-hmm. you know I, I've been thinking a lot about the people in our, Texas you have a lot of friends in Texas right now and I think, you know, during this whole thing, I keep thinking, wow, like there's people that don't have power. There's people that don't have food. I mean, there's people that are are really struggling right now. And I'm, I'm, it's, you know, so empathetic with everything that's happening. And I'm like, wow, I'm so, so grateful that we have power and we have most of the time we are in the Valley. So our
1: grid goes out all the time, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do yeah. you think? Oh, it's so nice to have a perspective and, and to just constantly be reminded to be compassionate and um, that no matter how bad you think you have it, there's always, you just never know what someone else is going through. Like if somebody cuts you off in traffic or is being in a hurry in a checkout line at the store, you just have no idea what that person is trying to get to or going through in their life. So it's just, it's such a nice reminder to be compassionate with ourselves first, because if we're not compassionate with ourselves first, then how can we extend it to others? And also just to remember that we're part of this greater whole that we're all one. I remember this always reminds me of, um, when I I used to live in the Bay area and we would always fly back into the Oakland airport because San Francisco airport's kind of a nightmare (laughs) in my opinion. Um, and there was this quote that I would see on the wall outside of the, one of the restrooms, that I always, always looked at. It just like stood there in, in awe of it for a little bit. And it was, I am you, she is he, and we are all together. And it's such a nice reminder, especially in a place like Oakland, which is, it's a beautiful city and it's got its ups and downs, but like talk about, you know, disparity and um, the difference between classes and um, races and the haves and the have nots. It's just a reminder that, It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. We're, we're all the same. We're all here together. Yeah. That's beautiful. (sighs) Thanks Tess. What
0: a beautiful quote. I always love when you come up with, with the quotes, uh, on that note, (laughs) I think that's a perfect segue. You know, one of the things that Megan talks about in the book, uh, she talks about being faced with challenge and rather, uh, then think about better days ahead. Think back to past adversity, And the hard things that you've done, they're proof that you can do hard things now. I love that. That's like Mm. one of the, that's part of what she writes about in the book. So Megan Murphy is a longtime magazine editor, writer, and on-air lifestyle expert. She's a podcaster and a certified trainer. She's currently the content director at Woman's Day Magazine. She is uh, an incredibly powerful, positive, bundle of light and i'm so 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 excited that she's here with us today so here's our conversation with megan murphy hey everybody welcome back to radically loved radio i'm joined by a very special guest today i am so excited to have this conversation with her because her latest book is already changing my life megan b murphy is on the show welcome
2: what can i get a yay oh yeah we need the sound effect what i've effects. Just discovered I, my favorite thing is like looking at myself on these like cameras i've understood deeply that the word yay in both directions is the word <laughs> yay What is
0: that called? Isn't that like an enneagram or something?
2: Yeah, I'll learn it. I'm sure that's like my next third grade homework (laughs) assignment. I will totally learn what that word is. Well,
0: I, well, I have a lot of questions regarding the book, but the first thing that I want to know is how did you do this with 2020 uh, and being a mom and I'm sure becoming a teacher now because that's a thing, right?
2: It, I mean, I think the cool part about the pandemic, it's sort of like, hey, listen, if if I fail miserably and I suck at all of this, I'll just blame it on a pandemic, right? Like, all bets are off. Um, but it was very, very surreal. I mean, I was named Editor-in-Chief of Woman's Day in March, like legit the week before lockdown. So I never even moved out of my Good Housekeeping office. I had been Executive Editor of Good House- Housekeeping. I was named Editor-in-Chief of Woman's Day. I go home on a Friday and I never come back. Um, So I didn't even have a computer or a monitor. They had her set to ship that home to me. I've never actually met my new team. I made the magazine from my kitchen table while teaching fourth grade, uh, second grade, and kindergarten. And trust me, teacher was never something I wanted to add to my resume. My mom's a teacher, my sister's a teacher, God bless them. I'm not built for that. I don't, I want to carry the one. I don't, I don't care if your handwriting is neat or sloppy. I don't know multiplication tables by heart. Like it's too much. And then the book was due in April. So it was like, okay, start this new job, learn how to homeschool, wipe your groceries with a Clorox wipe, hide your mail, um, never see your friends again and finish your book. Like it was surreal. It was, it was all the things.
0: I mean, how did you, I can't, honestly, I can't even I can't even imagine, like, how, how did you navigate through that?
2: Well, I've got a fully charged toolkit, right? I mean, the cool part is, is like, I wrote this book for myself. I've been a magazine editor for 25 years. And really what I am is an expert problem solver. If I have the problem, I assume someone else has the problem too. And I set out to fix it. Um, And and I do all the research, I've written all the articles, I've interviewed all the experts. And then I fun filter that information so that it's news you can use and things you would actually do in real life. Um, And that's what your fully charged life is. It's, It's a happiness toolkit. It's not even a happiness handbook, it's a happiness toolkit. And it's filled with these tricks and tips and strategies that allow you to weather any storm with optimism and grace. And I have relied on them time and time again through this entire one year period. I mean, I just got over COVID along with my three kids, my husband and my 70 year old mom. Like, how's that for fun timing? Oh, launch a book. Just get over COVID really quickly first, (laughs) you know, like what?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I feel like, you know, with, with, and I was looking to see, I'm like, okay, if she wrote, she wrote, she must've written this. She must've finished at least a year ago, right? So during, while all of this was going on because it's such, oh, look, there's the cover. If you're watching the video, Yay. the cover's up uh, and it's a beautiful cover. And I, I love i got this. a matching
2: tattoo. You did? Oh, I'm all in, I'm all in. Wow. That is, <laughs> that is epic. My My ten-year-old daughter, as I'm leaving for the tattoo parlor, was like, "Mom, you sure about that? Is that a good idea? What if your book sucks and no one likes it?" I'm like, "It, you know, doesn't suck, and I don't care if anyone likes it. I wrote a book, and I'm proud, and I'm gonna tattoo that shit on my wrist." Wow. Did you?
0: literally so inspiring right now you're really making me feel really um fully charged uh, fully fully charged that's the thing that's so wild because so many people don't they can't go into that frequency you know it's like they would him and ha of about making a decision like tattooing something on your body
2: yeah but see the thing and the thing i want to tell everyone is like i trained to live this way The same way I trained to run a marathon back in the day, or the same way I, you know, trained my abs to look halfway normal in jeans after three kids, I trained my brain. Um, And it was a process and anyone can do it. You can change the neuroplasticity of your brain. You can rewire your brain, but you need some tricks. And that's exactly what I did.
0: What was the... What it, did what was something that you learned in the process of writing this book that you didn't know you had in your toolkit that you use? Well,
2: it's really funny. Okay, so I, I will say I have a lot of tools in my toolkit that I sometimes even poo-poo. Something I talk about in, in the book is meditation. That's There's undeniable power in meditation. It is something that never clicked for me. Um, and I had interviewed Dan Harris who wrote 10 um 10%, 10% happier, happier. And, and talks about, you know, the magic of a five minute men meditation. And I talk about in the book, like there was, I'm was like, okay, maybe I could do that. But meditation is not for me. I understand the science. I understand the power of it. I understand it's magical, but not totally for me. That's in the toolkit, the fully charged toolkit. And guess what? It was a tool I had never used until I got COVID. And I found myself um, sick and scared Um, I'm asthmatic, I've hadn't been hospitalized for pneumonia before. I was so panicked and so scared when I was diagnosed with COVID that I found myself downloading a meditation app and lying in bed meditating for an hour, okay? That's a tool that's in the toolkit that I rolled my eyes out. But guess who needed to pull that tool out of the toolkit? And that's sort of the beauty of it. Um, I'm not trying to overhaul your life. I'm not even trying to fix you because you're not broken. I'm just giving you some tools. and those tools are gonna to come in handy and you never know when. Oh,
0: that's so good. That's so good and so true. And I love that you're saying that you had it, but you, <laughs> you maybe didn't use it all time. I didn't the time.
2: know I needed it. I, I mean, I didn't know I needed it. And that that's kind of the fun is as like, you know, knowledge is absolutely power, right? You need yeah. to have those tools to be able to call upon them. Why do you
0: think we don't pull from that reserve when we're in the most need?
2: Well, frankly, sometimes we don't have the reserve, right? I mean, we have to learn how to build that reserve, um, and that takes time. Um, and I think it takes awareness. That that's the key. I mean, I learned to live this way, and I understand how good it feels to live this way. But it was very hard earned. Um, you know, I my nickname was Grumpy as a kid. I wore a necklace with a Grumpy charm on it. I wrote the fifth grade play, and I wrote my character. My character was Neggy, the embodiment of negativity. Um, I had really angsty teen years I had some really tough times I had a raging eating disorder I wound up hospitalized my best friend was also anorexic and you know she tragically jumped out of the car and died en route to be hospitalized with me so now I've got this raging eating disorder I'm in a hospital and now I also have the guilt of my friend's death so starting to move through that with therapy and starting to heal and starting to learn how to live differently um you know, and I wrote a very powerful essay about it. That was the, the first time in my life I understood the power of words and the power of storytelling and using my voice and, and using my gift for writing to communicate my feelings. That essay wound up winning me a ten thousand dollars scholarship. um and I was featured on an NBC special. And that got the attention of, um, you know, a lot of different magazines why a magazine wanted to tell my story. Well, guess who got to write it? And guess who wound up being an intern and eventually a contributing editor, which then, landed me a job at Teen People and Cosmopolitan, which of all places was where I had the the biggest epiphany um, and not an aha moment, cause I'm not Oprah and I don't believe in that, but I definitely started to, to really build some more reserves. Um, I was writing a story. I was assigned this story called The Seven Secrets of Happiness. And I'm like, what is this crap? Who wants to read this crap? Why do I have to write this crap? But when you're a magazine editor, sometimes the boss is like, hey, listen, this is what people wanna read, go write it. Um, And in doing that research, talking to positive psychologists and sort of learning a little bit about neuroscience, I was fascinated because up until the late 90s, the field of positive psychology didn't even exist. Psychology really looked at what was wrong with people and how to fix it, but they hadn't really looked at what's right with people and what helps them flourish. And making that shift and understanding that in order to, to be happy, you have to do happy. And that happiness isn't a state of being, it's a state of doing. And wow, there are action steps that I can take every day, choices I can make every day to achieve happiness. But it is absolutely a state of doing versus being. And that sort of planted these seeds for me that I could, you know, move the happiness needle. This wasn't an overnight change because then I went on to Self Magazine where I was the fitness director um, and the deputy editor for nine years. And I ran the Self Challenge program, which was also like in a really incredible period in my life because I helped women reach their goals, whether it was their exercise goals, their diet goals, their and, and keep them motivated. And in coaching those hundreds of thousands of women, that's when I really understood what works in real life. Like we can intuitively know like, yes, drink more water, move your body, all these things work. But like, how do you get people to actually do them? And how do you get these things to actually stick? Um, and so during that period at self magazine, those, I always call those my self formative years. And it's really no secret that at Cosmo, I was single in the city, um, you know, hooking up, doing whatever. And then (laughs) self was like my self formative years where I got married, had three kids, spent nine years, you know, living my, you know, trying to be my best version of me. Um, and those were some good years, some like really solid years. And then once I was about to move to the birds and get a swing set. I jumped ship to good housekeeping, obviously. Um, And that was the period in time where my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, stage four pancreatic cancer, and was gone like that. Um, And that really took the wind out of my sails. Like my dad was my person, my biggest cheerleader, just like my guy. Um, And that's when it became very clear to me that, And this is the gift and the beauty of terminal illness is that you really do get this moment with that person if you're brave enough to to really talk and say, how do you wanna be remembered? What do you want your legacy to be? And I had those really deep conversations with my father but in having them with him, I also had them with myself. And I had them in a moment where I wasn't dying myself of stage four pancreatic cancer. And I really understood that my purpose was a legacy of positive energy and that' why, that's why I was called to write the book. I need it needed to be remembered for that. Mm-hmm. And then I set out guns a to get this book done. Um, but, and it's been, you know, I mean, I turned it in in April, it's out now, but it's, you know, I've been working on it, I like to say for 20 years, three oh. years, really hardcore, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's, I, mean, I can I'm so, talk. I'm just
2: going blah blah. No, no, We love it. I'm just,
0: you know, I, I we love we love to hear all of those things. There's so much of what you said that I, I want to go back to. I mean, the number one thing being those catalysts, like, you know, losing your your father, having that moment of realization, what matters? Like what is important to you? What do you want your legacy to be? Because I feel like we go into whatever arena of our life whatever segment whether it be our career or our family and we we just do the things that we do every day because we're w- waiting for the thing to come to make us happy right we're waiting for the the job to fulfill us we're waiting for the the partner to fulfill us we're waiting for the right job the right home the right whatever to to make us feel that fully charged mm-hmm. life where i i know in my experience that that's not the case. And I'm, I'm curious for you. Well, well, the first thing is I want to define what being fully charged is like for the people that don't know. I mean, I I would hope that most people understand the the feeling of what it's like to be in that energetic space that Megan's talking about, but for a lot of people, when they're in that depletion state, like, what does that look like? And what did that look like for you?
2: I mean, I think it, it feels like being stuck being completely drained, completely low energy, and just being stuck, stuck with negative thoughts, stuck with negative patterns, stuck with this sense of angst and doom. And and that's real. And I think a lot of us have been feeling that way, especially of late. But living fully charged means, okay, well, how do you build the energy reserve so that when you feel that crappy, you you can power back up? right? Because if you make a series of positive choices, you're, it's like you're depositing goodness in the energy bank. And then when you need them, when the shit hits the fan and you are depleted, well, then you can make those deposits and call upon those reserves and, and recharge and become fired up. I think the difference is, and I always like to say is, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm not Pollyanna. I wear pink glasses, but they're not rose colored. I absolutely see what sucks. And I think that's the distinction. It's not about just looking on the bright side. It's about looking on all the sides and then choosing the bright side. Um, I recognize um, all the crap in the world. I just don't get stuck there. I always choose to move forward. I always choose onward.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, where does, I always ask any anybody and most people this, can relate to going through something really challenging and having that experience of either upheaval grief loss depression whatever it may be but there is that thing that happens where you are then compelled to move forward for the most part you know you are compelled to do something to change something to not set up camp in that space that you're talking about and i love that and i i always ask people that have been through that like yourself what do you think is driving that? Like, where does that come from? Why is it that you can decide like what happened in your life? And obviously we know there was several things that happened in your life at a young age, but like, what is that about people that can actually move past
2: that, that big hurdle? Well, I think that in the moment, I don't even understand that I'm moving past the hurdle. So when my father died and I was dealing with that grief, Um, what I did was I I simply set out every day to find one thing that didn't suck. I put myself on a mission. I called it Operation Good Grief. Um, And because I couldn't hide under the covers and I still had to feed, bathe, and keep my three children alive, I set out on Operation Good Grief. And and that was absolutely just this mission that, okay, every day I'm going to look for something good. And maybe it's like a fun coffee mug that says you're stronger than you think you are. Maybe it's these daffodils that just bloomed at the end of my sidewalk out of nowhere. Maybe it's a smile from from a stranger. What is that thing that doesn't suck today? And I physically took a picture of one thing that didn't suck every day. And I would share it on social media with the hashtag Operation Good Grief. And I actively did that for two years straight. And it was really cool for a couple of reasons. It was teaching my brain to prioritize positivity. And when you're able to do that, when you're able to seek out the good and put it front and center, you rewire your brain. So if you think about your brain as this hiking trail, right? Well, the negative pathway is well-worn. The rocks and the branches are cleared and it's so easy to travel that way. And we want to, we're primarily programmed for negativity. That's the negativity bias at work. But the second you and make a positive choice, make a positive action step, you begin to clear a new pathway. And every time you choose that path and every time you take that route, that route becomes easier to to travel. So for me now, after this practice of prioritizing positivity and looking for something that didn't stink every day, I automatically see the silver lining and I don't work that hard at it. Um, Ultimately that mission morphed from, you know, Operation Good Grief into what made you say yay today. And yay became sort of my mantra and my, and my, and my word, because, you know, that's my gratitude practice. Now I sit at the dinner table and I say to my kids, what made you say yay today? We're, we're actively prioritizing positivity, looking for something, reporting back on something good, pausing to appreciate something good about the day. And when you're able to do that, it takes the edge off the bad. And it really does start to feel pretty darn good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I just want you to be my life coach every day. (laughs) My kids don't
2: say that. They're like, okay, (laughs) mom.
0: Rasa is more than just a coffee alternative. Rasa coffee is herbalist formulated to ensure safety, quality, and efficacy. That was my dog barking in the background because she agrees with me. Okay, so here's why I love Rasa coffee. Not only is it a female-owned business, I've yet to meet a coffee company that is as ethical and sustainable as Rasa is. Those of you who listen to the podcast already know that my favorite is the spicy rose cacao It's a sex tonic and it's got less than five milligrams of caffeine because although I enjoy the caffeine, I always like to just go a little bit lighter for myself. This specific blend includes relaxing aphrodisiacs and it's helpful For tension to release any stress and to stimulate any aphrodisiacs for those of you when you need a little extra fire and there's absolutely no adaptogen washing many companies call their herbs and mushrooms adaptogens when they aren't one of the most inspiring things that i love about this company is their attention to detail and their level of integrity did i mention it was a female owned business yes They are a female-owned business, and we are absolutely proud to have them as a sponsor. So support this business and support this podcast. Visit WeAreRasa.com, and for our listeners, they're offering 15% off when you use the code LOVED. That's WeAreRasa.com and use the code LOVED, L-O-V-E-D, for 15% off. Or you can use the code on the info button of this particular podcast. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by... By optimizers, most gut health supplements include all the same old ingredients packed into capsules, but what if there was a breakthrough gut repair supplement that had a new patented ingredient that tasted great and came in a powder form so that you can just add it to your water, add it to coffee or your favorite smoothie? Well, guess what? that gut repair supplement exists and it's called Leaky Gut Guardian. Not only does it include powerful probiotics and prebiotics, but it also includes a patented one of a kind ingredient called IGY Max. IGY Max is an egg-based protein that enhances gut health, reverses damage caused by antibiotics and even helps with immunity threats. I don't think I'm overstating the case when I say that IGY Max is one of the most powerful gut nutrients ever discovered and it's in every serving of Leaky Gut Guardian. By taking Leaky Gut Guardian daily. You'll eliminate bad bacteria, feel the good bacteria, and repair your gut lining and build up your immunity all at the same time. Now, here's the fun part. Leaky Gut Guardian comes in two delicious flavors, vegetarian vanilla and chocolate carnivore. The chocolate one's my favorite. And just like it sounds, BiOptimizer's vegetarian vanilla flavor is a vegetarian formula. The chocolate carnivore flavor, on the other hand, is an enhanced formula that includes collagen and bone broth for additional gut healing and anti-aging benefits. Leaky Gut Guardian is easy to add into your daily routine, and it could completely transform both your gut health and your immunity. So you experience fewer gut problems, less gas and bloating, and even less sickness. Simply add one scoop of the vegetarian vanilla or the chocolate carnivore to your favorite Beverage, a coffee, smoothie, or even just a simple glass of water. It mixes well, it tastes delicious, and you'll be helping repair your gut health with powerful prebiotics, probiotics, and the patented IGY Max protein. So what are you waiting for? Repair your gut health and power up your immunity today by trying leaky gut guardian risk-free at leakygutguardian.com forward slash radically loved and use radically loved 10 to receive 10% off of any order. You have 365-day money back guarantee. That's leakygutguardian.com forward slash radically loved. And now back to our show.
2: <laughs>
0: Yay. <laughs> well, you, one of the other things you, you talk about not worrying about the work-life balance in the book. You, you talk about embracing integration uh, to connect the parts of your life, uh, the parts of your life and your job, right? Or there's like this mm-hmm. integration process that you you uh recommend can you tell us a little bit about yeah that? i mean
2: we all we all know work-life balance is like bs the bs of all bs so bs i it's, mean, it's fucking so, so it's like I silly right like because what that suggests is all things are always equal and and how does that ever play out and i always like to think of like okay so if i'm on deadline and i have to ship a cover to the printer that takes priority of of like you know, looking at my son's Pokemon cards with him. It just does. But if my son is having a tonsillectomy, I don't give a rat's about the cover. It doesn't matter what the deadline is. My son's having a tonsillectomy. That is now priority number one. Well, those two things are never equal. It's never work and family, work and family. It's never that way. It's about synergy. And I think it's about thinking of your life more like an orchestra Right, there's all these different instruments and there's drum solos and there's a violin solo and sometimes the flutes have a moment, but it's about making music with all of these different pieces at play and all of them taking, you know, having the, shot, the spotlight shined at them in different moments. That's what it's really about. I also think um, something that I, I really did effectively pre-quarantine was making my kids a part of my work, showing them my office, letting them know that when I'm not here, this is where I'm at. Like, here's a visual. Here's why this matters too. Um, you know, I mean, my husband took one of my kids, like little babies, one of their, you know, their loveys to work with him and like put it on his shoulder and took a selfie at his desk. Just to, just to sort of like, hey, this is what daddy does. This is what, where he wears the suit, you know? And this is why that matters too. Um, and talking about your kids and your life at work. Like when my dad was dying, listen, I brought that to work. wasn't it? it wasn't like I brought that to work and didn't work but I brought that to work. Like we need to each, recognize each other's humanity in all situations. And part of that is like, hey, this is this thing I'm going through and it's hard and that's okay.
0: Yeah. I love that you're saying that because just bringing to mind what the the opposite of that is the sort of separation I feel like that's what causes such a huge cognitive dissonance with so many people being unhappy with their work mm-hmm. or unhappy with their relationships uh, at work or, or where they spend most of their time because they there's this thing that we're supposed to keep everything separate right we're supposed to keep mm-hmm. our personal life personal and our work life work life so there isn't that uh, that ability to integrate to merge that. Do you think that that's going to change, especially now? I think it's
2: definitely, I mean, we've met everybody's dogs and cats and kids (laughs) on Zooms and Slack call. I mean, the lines are blurring. Everything is changing. Uh, I mean, it's a new work world. That's absolutely for sure. And I also think there are moments when it's important to, you know, kind of compartmentalize. There's sometimes like you can't micromanage in the sense that like hey, listen, if you hired a babysitter so you can work, well, don't have a nanny cam on the whole time so that you're, you're still worried about that piece of the puzzle. And I always like to give this analogy because it really clicked for me. Like if I go to a restaurant, I simply trust that I'm not going to get poisoned and the chef knows what he's doing. And if I get in an Uber, I trust that whoever's driving that Uber is not going to crash and kill me. So if you have a village, you have people that work for you, with you, you have to trust that they're also going to do your job and you can't micromanage and control that where you'll never be able to function
0: yeah i yes 100% so much of going into that gratitude space or that yay space i think for what i gathered and the feeling that i'm I, i'm getting is that it's really about letting go of 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 the control which is really scary. Yeah, it's so scary,
2: right? It's hard to do. Um, and it's like also one of those things, I think it's like, you don't know how good it feels until you get a taste of that, right? Like I, I always say that I've seen that with people with exercise so much. If you've never had that feel good effect, you've never had that endorphin rush. You've never had that healthy habit. You don't know what you're missing. And it's the same thing with living fully charged and living with optimism and joy. If you don't know what you're missing, it's easy to roll your eyes.
0: mm Yeah. Oh, so, and yeah. And that saying that, I think, uh, I'm just thinking about the increase in depression and anxiety in the last year. I mean, there was like a incredible percentage. I can't remember exactly. I don't know if, if you know the, the increase, I, I want to say it was something like three hundred percent, but I don't know that that's accurate. Maybe that was like alcohol consumption. I I can't I think, remember. exactly. Definitely
2: think that might be the alcohol consumption. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but but there was a huge increase in 100%. mental health, and so. And hey,
2: listen. Like I think, like if you need to see a counselor, if you need, pro- you know, professional help, you have debilitating depression. I am not a doctor, and this book is not in, in place of of therapy, but. I absolutely have endless strategies in here that are science proven. There's a ton of science in this book, um, but we're like all the early readers like, but it's so fun still. How do, it's so fun, but it's still smart. And I'm like, well, yes, that's because if, if it's just smart, you won't do it. <laughs> it has to be right. fun filtered too.
0: Yeah. And Yes, that's so true. I love being tricked into learning science things, right? The best, especially the neuroscience stuff. I mean, I totally can geek out on all of that because sometimes we, sometimes certain people need to have that very linear explanation so that they can put the two pieces together. And sometimes people are, you know, I know people in my life that are rage against the machine and they're like, I don't want any of anything. I just want to feel better. Um, and and I think, you know, there, something's got to give at some point, there has to be some sort of compromise for you to actually get to that, that place where you're ready to make different decisions. And what I, what I also love is that it's not, you're not asking people to drastically change their life. It's like, use what you have, use what's in your life now to change your, your vision, to change your perspective, to Uh, restructure what you're seeing in your life right
2: exactly that's the key this is like it's not a life overhaul I mean the the funny part for me is when my book was going to when they were looking at the publishing calendar and like they're going to put it in January I'm like absolutely not because the worst phrase in the English language is new year new you that makes me want to throw up in my mouth new year new you what is that shit um like all of a sudden January 1st you you like you're broken and you need th- like no no like my message to people is like you are absolutely okay you are already okay I have a feeling tomorrow could be more awesome and one of my tips is going to help you see that but even if you you're already okay we're all okay and I think sometimes we just need to hear that
0: yeah yeah I totally I totally agree I'm I'm going to kind of backtrack a, a little bit um, because you have been responsible for teams and working with people. And I'm curious for you, what kind of energy that takes on you to have to manage everybody else's energy, including your own and energy at home? What is that like?
2: You know, I mean, I, I. I lead with joy and fun. Um, And I am the first person to say to my team on repeat, we get to make magazines for a living. Um, We're not curing cancer. Like if we can't have fun doing this, we shouldn't be working. And I think it's always that simple tweak, which I use all the time of changing my have to, to get tos. We don't have to work. We don't have to make a magazine, we get to. And when you approach any work, any management situation, any team with this, wait, oh my goodness, uh, we get to do this. We get to remind people that it's a uh, national donut day and they should totally eat a donut. Like we get to do that. We get to make shamrock chicken noodle soup. Like we get to figure out how to turn a lasagna noodle into a shamrock. We get to do that people. Okay. And yes, there is a deadline and Yes, that's a little angsty, but like, can we just pause and remind ourselves we're turning a lasagna noodle into a shamrock? What? I mean, that's how I lead. I lead with fun and respect. And and I'm very, very cognizant of, you know, doling out compliments and, and, and praising people and treating everyone with the same level of respect. I've noticed this as an adult. Um, when you're a kid, there's all these metrics to tell you you're doing well and you're right on track, right? You get report cards and trophies and gold stars and all the things. And I think, especially perhaps if you're a stay-at-home mom or you know an in-house, like you know, your main job is raising your family and caretaking, well, who's, who's giving you the gold star? Who's giving you the pat on the back? Where are you getting that validation? You know, it's easy if you go to, the, you get your job and you get your paycheck and you feel validated by that, but that can be really hard. Um, I see this a lot with working moms. Where do you get your validation? How do you you get that pat on the back? How do we give that pat on the back to you and to each other? Um, because accomplishment is, is part of the perma theory of wellness. We all need to feel accomplished in something. And how do we do that? How do we give that to each other?
0: Yeah. You know, you, you said something else that, man, it really just strikes a chord what you're saying about the urgency. My, my mother-in-law always says, don't let your emergency, no, don't let your urgency turn into my emergency.
2: (gasps) Love that. That's that's good. Right.
0: But that's exactly what you were saying. It's don't, don't allow somebody else's urgency overrun your, your yay,
2: your energy. No, Never. And that's like, that's just bottom line in life. You can absolutely never control what someone's going to do. You don't, you can't control the, their stress their response to a situation, all you can do is protect yourself and become a force field of positive energy. I I've, I kind of turned being unflappable into a game. I, I kind of love the fact that it's very hard to rouse me. Um, I was picking up the kids from school and this guy in a Jeep cut me off and gave me the finger. And my kids, I have three kids in the car. And, and this guy's like, re- like, clearly he's having a crap day. But uh, okay, buddy. I'm going to smile and wave because you know what? Whatever's happening in your life is not on me. Whatever's going on in your life that you're giving three kids and a mom a middle finger, that's on you. Oh, and P.S., I get to turn this into a teaching moment for my kids. I get to say, hey, guys, we have two choices in this situation. We can escalate the negativity with a negative response, and I can give them the finger back. And they're like, yeah, mom, flip them the bird. I'm like, (laughs) absolutely not. So what we're going to do is we're going to smile and wave. Because when you meet that kind of negativity in work, in life, with a calm, measured, positive response, it can be very confusing to that angry loser.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: it's true. Like, what? Wait, what? It's I just true. flipped you the bird and you're smiling?
0: <laughs> yeah, there was. I was driving when I was, I lived in Portland for a hot minute for a couple of years. And I remember driving, and you can't drive as fast as you do here in L.A., in Oregon because it rains so much and there's sometimes snow but I was driving I was driving I thought the speed limit but this guy like totally cut me off and he gave me the finger and he's like honking like on the freeway just like got in front of me and is just honking his horn and then just like moved off and and then he pulled up next to me and I'm just like like giving him the peace sign I'm I'm like like, peace man and then he's just like he just kind of stopped and then he rolled down the window and he's like, I'm sorry.
2: And then he just like sped off and left. Isn't that wonderful? Like you can diffuse a negative situation with that kind of calm and, and he kind of, it feels so good. I mean, I, I love it when I don't let someone get the best of me and when I can just understand. And I said to my kids, maybe his dog died. Maybe he just tested positive for COVID. Who the heck knows what's going on in his world but it's not about us. Yeah, Cause I was actually driving good today and that's rare.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like so many of us, because we don't exercise that muscle, or like you said, in the brain, we don't go down that path. It can seem more challenging to be calm or to be more grounded or to look past the reactiveness. And that's one of the things, actually, uh, I love Dan Dan's work, his book, uh, 10% Happier, and his podcast. like He's such an incredible um, uh, speaker to this because he always talks about how the whole purpose of us being in that meditative space is to, um, instead of being more reactive to act more wisely. So instead of us Mm -hmm. being in that frontal lobe part of our brain, where we're just going to, um, or in the amygdala, sorry, where you're, you're more reactive to something that's going to upset you. You can go into this, this state of ease and just breathe and move through it, um, I think it's just in society so much of the reactivity is um, not celebrated, but especially over the last year, you know being reactive to things in the media or things on social media or, or people's belief systems, it kind of became a a behemoth of negativity that I feel like a lot of people had a hard time not engaging in so mm-hmm in saying everything that you're saying and everything that your book talks about, I think it's come at the perfect time for people to take the power back and to remember that they have the opportunity, the, the learning moment, like you did with your kids, where you have to remember how powerful you are, how powerful your words are, how nobody can, if you, if you don't allow anyone to take your piece, they won't take it.
2: Exactly. Right? It's not yours to take. I'm holding on to it tight. <laughs> <laughs> so what
0: so what is what's the process for you now? Like what does the rest of this year look like for you? You've written the book. Yeah. and so there's not a big book tour. I saw your last post on Instagram because I was like, oh, so like I felt that you wanted to be able to go and see people and do the yeah. whole thing. But um so, it's pretty
2: so- surreal, like frankly, because I am such a people person. I am such an extrovert, like I had these big plans of going around the country and connecting with readers and getting to talk about what tips worked for them and, you know, like to sign copies of the book. I mean, that was really magical to me. I, I, I was really excited about that. And that's just selfish. Like, frankly, this book is needed now more than ever. And I'm, I'm glad, as much as it stinks for me as the author, I'm glad for the readers that it, it gets to be now. Um, but it's absolutely not how I intended it. So it's, and it's been sort of a whirlwind week. So I launched it on the Today Show on Friday, last Friday. Um, I think that, yeah, that was last Friday. It's all blurring. I don't even know what day it is. I have Taco Tuesday slippers on, but I think it's Thursday, (laughs) Um, right? We want to see, oh wait, these are the cutest. Show show me, let's get a close-up of that. Taco, Taco (laughs) Tuesday, it's raining tacos from out of the sky. Yeah, see we celebrate everything. Taco Tuesday is a holiday in my house. Um, but I know it's Thursday, um, but they're still so soft, so soft. Um, and I still have post COVID toes. I have those weird cold toes. So I'm like, I like my fur slippers.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, what, How, I mean, what, so it's every, are you okay? Like, did, yeah. are
2: you back to semi? Yeah. You know, what? it's so, oh, um, to be completely honest, COVID sucked, try really hard not to get it. Um, It was not fun because it was, you know, I'm caring for three sick kids. My kids were feverish, vomiting, 103 fevers. And I had like raging GI symptoms for six days and I'm asthmatic. So, you know, that was very hard for me. I'm not a hundred. I'm, you know, I'm a couple weeks out, but I'm still have some lingering effects. My extremities are freezing cold still. Like I've got that weird COVID circulation toe thing happening. Um, And my chest isn't a hundred percent. So I'm a little scared to exercise, which stinks because that's my mood magic, but I don't want to get pneumonia. Um, but I, we are going to go to Florida now that we have some antibodies. We're going to go to Florida and like find a beach and a hunt for sea glass in a couple of weeks. And I can't, I'm so looking forward to that. I can't even say I just need some. Where I'm in New Jersey, there's freaking snow on the ground. Yeah,
0: you guys got a gnarly little snowpocalypse it's
2: like endless winter i'm like it it, when you know the kids are like no longer excited about snow you know you've had enough oh oh it's snowing oh great are we gonna not have school today it's snowing again you're like okay we've (laughs) definitely reached the tipping point of snow fun you know it is now snow fun
0: Well, thank, Megan, thank you so much. I want to be respectful of your time. And I know you've had a, a full week of talking about the book. The book is called Your Fully Charged Life, A Radically Simple Approach to Having Endless Energy and Filling Every Day with Yay. And uh, we will put the link to uh, the to buy the book on the show notes if you go to the info button. Uh, and for the people that are watching this or listening to this, we did buy 10 copies. So the first people to post Uh, This interview on your Instagram Mm -hmm. stories. We'll be giving away a copy of Megan's book. So, yay! Oh, that was nice of you.
2: Thank you. I love the (laughs) yay.
0: So, before I ask you your final question, the final question, where can people go for more information if they want to learn more about you or follow you?
2: I'm like busy on Instagram at Megan M-E-A-G-H-A-N-B Murphy. And I also do something called the Yay List, which is another Instagram account, which is a community of good energy and good vibes where I post fun, happy things. Um, and, you know, I have I have Women's Day Magazine magazine, which is destination celebration, no party left behind from Taco Tuesday to Christmas. We're gonna give you a reason <laughs> to celebrate. <laughs>
0: I want. I need a, am gonna Google the uh, Shamrock Lasagna because. Oh my gosh! Wait,
2: I have the cover. Do you want to see it? Please, yes. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Let me see if I can reach it.
0: All right. Well, she goes and grabs that. We're gonna just, just kidding. Here we go.
2: Oh, can we show that? Can we? Oh my God! Wait and look at the toast too. Oh my. Wow. And guess what it's telling you? Just so you know, you Shamrock. You sham rock. Rosie. You sham
0: rock. rock. You guys, I am just uh, Megan. I, I really, I love you so much. You are so incredible. I'm so excited to be connected with you. I have one final question. Oh, sorry. I almost forgot to ask the final question. I always ask it for the podcast. Um, sorry, you guys are going to be mad because now I'm talking into the mic and I just realized in my earphones that I hadn't been talking into the mic. Sorry. Um, Oops, it happens. <laughs> 337 like thirty-seven episodes in. So, uh, I created the the podcast. I created this this space because I believe that the world, universe, whatever higher power of your understanding, whether it's God or what Mother Earth, whatever that the universe works for us and not against us, and we are completely and radically loved by whatever energy source that is, uh, the universe works for us, not against us. So the final question to you is how do you feel radically loved?
2: Um, how do I feel radically loved? Oh my goodness. I mean, well, I feel radically loved by the power of positivity. I feel loved when there's joy in my life. And when I allow myself to celebrate and find that joy, does that make sense? Yes. My everything comes back to positive energy for me. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. And I have Thank to you say so I attract so much in the universe by putting that good energy out there. It's really cool. It's so cool.
0: I believe it. I 100% am on board with that. I believe that I feel like I would have never made it out of East L.A. I would have never made it out of the the hood and where I'm at now for sure had I not believed that. So I'm 100% on board with you. Thank you so much for being a part of the show and for writing this incredible book. I know it's gonna help so, so many people. I think we need it right now. And I'm, I'm so excited to share this conversation with everybody. Thank you again so much for everything you do and um, yeah, for just being fucking awesome.
2: Thank you. (laughs) That was fun.